terrifying thing where you wait there and it's like, and it does that spritz of air into your Oh, eye. that's the worst. I know. It's the worst because you don't know when it's going to come. I know. It's like all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, because even the lady that was, was working at the um, eye doctor, she was like, now, I don't know when it's going to happen. It just happens. I just, it goes when it wants to. So you just wait. <laughs> that's and I was a lie. Just like, Thanks. That, yeah. Thanks a lot. Because like now I'm sitting here waiting for this giant burst of air to go into my eye. Yeah, that can't possibly be true. She's no, she said she it, totally it calibrates because you can see oh, really? it like it like focuses and then unfocuses and then focuses and it keeps like it fi- it waits until you're not blinking enough. Like it it knows when you're ready to oh, go. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. It's a machine. It's it it reads. that's deciding when to terrify you. Yes. And so it's totally random. Yeah. You have no algorithm for deciding when it's going to happen. Wow. See, I could, I'd never, I can't handle eye drops. I'd never be able to do contacts. Really? I'm trying to figure out why that is. I'm not necessarily a big believer in, I I guess they're true, but like traumatic experiences in your youth Mm -hmm. kind of affect you later on in life. When I was like two and a half years old or something, I went into the to the bathroom at home and accidentally dumped uh, a bottle of liquid Vicks rub mm-hmm. into my eyes. Not like the the, the like goopy one, but it was it. like a it was like a liquid one that you'd put in these humidifiers oh, and mm-hmm. whatever. And I didn't, you know, I was two and a half or something. I didn't mm-hmm. know, and I poured it in my eyes. Mm. So obviously yeah. that was bad Traumatizing. and i had you know patches on my eyes for a long time Both or of them? whatever yeah oh my god yeah that's scary M- yeah, my my childhood traumatic experience um was the dentist gave me mouthwash and i was young like mm-hmm. what dentist gives you mouthwash yeah when you're a kid and i swallowed some of it and then i threw up and so i never i don't use mouthwash mm. that was your first shot my what? Your first shot. Because of the alcohol. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shot at what? Yeah. Yeah. The dentist like, yeah, that little kid can't hold her liquor. Yeah. No, I yeah. didn't wait. I didn't throw up until I got home in the yeah. sink in the bathroom. Mm. But it was disgusting. Yeah. And I can't do mouthwash at all anymore. Just Not a scope? No. Not into the scope? Listerine? Uh, no. I like Listerine. I don't want to talk about it. what do you want to talk about in episode 18 of nerd novice oh i don't know jim megan (laughs) (laughs) you just said you were supposed to be like well megan but i i wanted to sort of context yeah you you did it last time i would i was going to extend the courtesy to you again oh okay all right so this is episode 18 of nerd novice and we're confronting all of our irrational fears yeah on this week's program Mine of eye drops, Megan's of mouthwash. Uh, it might also possibly explain my general fear of dogs a little bit. Dogs. I really like your doggy Petunia. She's very nice. Um, I think you're being nice because she's a little scary. Well, no, she's fine. But when I was a kid, I was riding my bike and a dog tried to attack me on my bike. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I've never been like super into dogs. My brother got pushed over by a dog, and my mom said that. She thinks it was just trying to like play or whatever, and he yeah. was too little. Mm-hmm. But he was so freaked out, and like, as soon as that happened, maybe like a couple of years later, we got a dog because my mom wanted to like not right 
let him be afraid of them. So yeah. he's not anymore. But um, when he was a kid, he was. Yeah. I was afraid of little fuzzies in the bathtub. Little fuzzies in like the bathtub. Like from your toes when you put your socks on. Oh, and toe you take jam. Yeah, like toe fuzzies. So this is why baths are wholly unacceptable. When I was a kid, I was just like, get it off me! <laughs> like the fuzzy floating around like just totally freaked me out. That's a pretty valid point of view. Really? Honestly. Thank you, because I think, honestly, that fear kind of sums up every fear that I have in life, yeah. except the mouthwash. I'm not really afraid of mouthwash. I just don't like it. Um, that fear sums up all my fears, and it's a general, it's a it's a symptom of a general fear, which is um, not really claustrophobia, but more um, being touched by something and not knowing what it is or um how to get it off mm-hmm. like i have this weird it's i don't know how to describe it other than like it's almost like claustrophobia feeling trapped well, i it, think it's is, a, yeah it's like a sensory fear yeah it's not small spaces because i don't have a problem with small spaces but like being trapped like when i was a kid and my sister and i would like run around and like play fight you know mm-hmm. and then she would like always win because she's tougher than me even though she's smaller and um she would like be like pinning me down and i would be laughing and this is the classic megan we'd still do it all the time i would be like ha, ha, ha. no 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 get off no seriously get off i'm starting to panic get off mm-hmm. <laughs> like i would start panicking like right. i get to the point where just like oh my god i'm panicking get off me right now mm-hmm. i can't breathe and that and bugs and like fuzzies in the bathtub when I was little, all those things are, I'm not afraid of bugs because I think they're going to kill me. I'm afraid of them because I think they're going to be on me and I'm not going to know that they're on me. Oh, That's why okay. I'm afraid of them. Right. Like I think there's a spider like on me while I sleep or. Well, they are. Yeah. I don't want to <laughs> know that. See. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like I, it's not about poisoning by bugs or anything like that it's it's about them being around and on me right without permission without permission right like i was seriously terrified that we were going to get cicadas this year but Mm -hmm. we're not they're in like virginia this year yeah i just read a thing uh like yesterday maybe that said basically if you don't have cicadas yet you're not going to get them Oh, good. So I think oh we're in the God. clear. No, we are. We're getting them in 2016. Okay. I looked it up. So that's when the hell mouth opens again. Uh-huh. And that's when I move. <laughs> I am not very graceful mm-hmm. around cicadas. I'm sorry. They're a little bit creepy. They're creepy. They're totally gentle. They have no... They don't bite. They don't do anything. They're right. just nice little grasshopper thingies. People love them. People love cicadas. Mm-hmm. They get all excited. Right. I can't... I run and scream like a little child. I I just will run. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> when I, even in the car, like I remember them um, because when I was here in Ohio, then I moved to North Carolina. They came the year after I moved to Ohio. So I missed them. But when I was in North Carolina, they were there while I was there. Mm-hmm. And I remember like even because I was, at, you know, at driving age, I think. Maybe I'm wrong, but I was in the car and I remember them coming at the windshield and I would still freak out even though all the windows were closed (laughs) and I would almost like swerve off the road because there's cicadas zooming at the windshield. Oh my God. Yeah. I hate them. It's not a pretty sight to see. 
not a fan of outdoors or anything bugs outdoors. I like outdoors, but I don't like bugs, so it's weird. Oh. My sister used to terrorize me with earthworms. <sighs> you don't want to know. I was digging up the flower bed, and there were like hundreds of them. Oh, <laughs> like ser- seriously, like when I when I started going, I'd go fishing once in a while, like in my teenage years or whatever. And I was more willing to use a minnow as bait and hook a minnow than I was to touch an earthworm and hook an earthworm. Really? Yeah. Why didn't you just use artificial bait? Yeah. Well, I don't know why we didn't. Yeah. Yeah, we should have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're already killing a fish, so why not kill but you're two not, fish or you... kill... A fish and an earthworm. Because you could always fish and then put it back. Well, the other thing is, why was I... I Why would we eat a fish fish. that ate a worm? Yeah. Yeah, that's gross. Gross, nasty. I don't like fish either. No. They're slimy and they Mm. move around. Uh, Probably because when I would be in Lake Erie and a fish... I'm always the person at the beach that everyone's like, look it. And the fish is like swimming right behind me. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like pointing at the fish by my legs. It's always me. So when I was a kid and there would be fish around touching me, mm-hmm. it would freak me out. Right. So now I'm afraid of fish. Right. Well, the other the other dirty underside of fishing is, well, first of all, if you, if you I see no point in catch and release. It's a sport. It, it, it's a sport in which you're basically torturing an animal. Okay. Eh, I'm like, I'm being melodramatic yeah. about it. But okay. But <clears throat> let's say you are catching for the purpose of consumption. Yeah. Okay. The, the the dirty underside of fishing is you catch this fish and then you have to beat out of it to kill it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Nobody talks about that. No, you no. T- you take oh little little Johnny, let's go fishing. Yeah, you know, take come this on, hammer. little Susie. <laughs> you know, Grandpa's gonna take you out to the lake. We're gonna go on the boat, and it's gonna be fun. Yeah, and we're gonna go fishing. We're gonna catch some fish for dinner. Yeah, you know, Grandpa's gonna help you catch the fish, and then he's gonna slam the crap out of that <laughs> fish's head until it stops moving, and then you're gonna eat it. That's terrifying. I never went fishing when I was a kid. It's not going to stop me from going to the sushi bar tonight, though. <laughs> Sorry. Now you're in the mood. <laughs> Sorry, fish. Yeah, now I'm... No, the thing about catching and releasing is that it's not torturing the animal. No, I, I Because know, it's, it's totally a battle of wits the whole yeah. time. Seriously, I've done yeah. that before. And um, I have come so close to catching it, but those darned fish escape me every mm-hmm. time and it's totally a battle of woods i can hear them laughing at me and i'm growling at them mm-hmm. and so if i ever caught when i would laugh and be like i won and then i would throw it back <laughs> yeah no it's fine yeah i, I kid about because they're these. fine they they heal yeah Just a little hole in the face yeah. whatever hole in the face i got a couple already i got some too yeah it's fine it's like a piercing yeah <laughs> a battle wound <laughs> yeah you don't see them with tats though no yeah so, let's see. What else we got this week? Oh, the Dairy Queen thing. Did you? The ever... Dairy Queen thing. Yeah. Did you follow up? Little fu. Yeah. The the nerd buster. Yeah. It it's got to be bogus because I couldn't find. Yeah. Couldn't find boo about it. Sounded it. bogus. Yeah. Yeah. So it was surprising to me considering. So remind the them what the nerd busting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they the the nerd busting of of the week was. 
Um, I had been told by a friend a long time ago that different Dairy Queen franchises had different quality of ice cream and the, the price differences uh, existed and the quality difference existed uh, based on you know, how busy the Dairy Queen was. Or, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you had a small shop like out in the middle of nowhere, you could get cheaper, supposedly not as good ice cream or, or something along those lines. And I tried on the Googles and everything to, to find any evidence to support this or, or even, or even at least a, uh, a statement of that same assertion. Right. Nothing. No one even couldn't find it. it. So my friend was busted. Nerd busted. Nerded. Yeah. Totally nerded on that one. Mm Mm-hmm. Do we have another idea for the nerd busting this week, or should we wait till the end of the show to figure it out? Well, in a manner of speaking, we do, and it stems from a news article that I read a couple of days ago um, about diet soda mm-hmm. causing the same issues, the same dental issues as meth addiction. <gasps> Uh-oh. I had a dream my teeth rotted out last night. Maybe mm. I should not drink diet soda anymore. Yeah. Also, I should go to the dentist. Might not be a bad idea. I'm just a little, little checkup. A little overdue. Just, just a little reassurance. I normally, I've always, my whole life, gone every six months, like mm-hmm. a good person. Yes, well, you should. But I haven't gone, and I'm like three months overdue. <laughs> Only three months? It's not bad. I'm a year and a half overdue. Oh, really? Yeah, it's bad. <sighs> but I'm a, because I don't have health care anymore. Yeah, I don't have um, dental. The th- the thing that's stupid is I should just because you can go and get a cleaning for like a hundred bucks. Actually, I should just throw down a hundred bucks and do it. But. Yeah, you should, but actually don't because I am about to go to this one place that has referrals and you can get a coupon for like a ten dollar cleaning. Oh, if really? You, if you're a referral, so when I go, I'll pick some up and I'll give okay. them to you. Righteous. Yeah, that would be great. I'm a religious flosser, though. Oh, really? Do yeah. not miss on the flossing. I've, I floss about once a week. Mm-hmm. I don't floss every day. That's good. But anyway. that'll do. So, so the the is this my job? Am I supposed to figure this out about the? You have to drink a bunch of diet soda, and we'll see if you get meth mouth. Well, what does meth mouth look like? I don't know. Because like I your teeth get drink, all rotted out, or I something. already drink a bunch. Of, I mean, yeah. how much is a bunch? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is actually not a not I had a at good... least one a day. I already had one today. I'll probably have another one later. Yeah, it's actually not a good Nerdbusters experiment because the research has already been done oh. by someone. So okay. we need to think of something. We'll, we'll, well, well, we'll it'll be natural. Back it'll that. happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's no problem. Okay, so um, this week on Nerd Novice, we're discussing uh, a couple movies. Couple movies. Yeah, The Princess Bride and mm-hmm. Iron Man Three. Yeah, we're pretty pumped. Yeah, um, I'm I'm pumped because The Princess Bride is definitely a classic and um, often quoted movie. That you haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And then Iron Man 3, we're both obviously not everyone's a novice on that movie because it's just... It's new. Just came out. Yeah. So um, what should we start with? Let's start with Princess Bride. Okay. Okay. So what did you think? I really liked it. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. I can see why it is considered a cult classic. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this before I get into things here. Have you seen the Mel Brooks film Robin Hood Men in Tights? Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Carrie was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he plays Robin Hood in mm-hmm. that and he plays um Wesley. We- Wesley in um uh, in Princess Bride. And so obviously there's there's that uh relationship between those two films and stylistically in a manner of speaking there's some similarities. Mm-hmm. Sort of medieval comedy mm-hmm. setting sort of thing. And and I had seen Robin Hood Men in Tights before and it's a film that I very much enjoy. Mm-hmm. And so when I when I watched The Princess Bride I couldn't help but start to draw some mental comparisons between the two. Definitely. And to be honest with you, if I were to compare those two films, I think that Robin Hood Men in Tights is actually a little bit better. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit funnier. Yeah, it's it's definitely got There's, it's more comedy than Princess Bride, probably, right? Right. Yeah. And and that's the thing that that I felt was just a little bit unusual about Princess Bride is be, is it's not it's not a total comedy, mm-hmm. but it's not totally serious. Right. It's kind of somewhere in between leaning more towards comedy, leaning more towards campiness or, or I don't know exactly how you would dis- – I don't how – how do you – how would you describe comedy that's not like – Oh, laugh a, out loud moments. It's a little bit more like tongue in cheek kind of, I think. Right. Um yeah. and I actually was going to mention this that the book, I actually read the book. Um and it's exactly the same. Like it's got the same type of humor. Okay, I mean, the book is funny. Now, does the book does the book have the book-ended scenes with the grandson and the grandfather? Um Kind of, because in the book, the author is like telling a story that someone else wrote. Okay. So, but really he wrote the story, but he he's telling the story by a fake author. Okay. So it's like a story, a dream within a dream. Okay. It's like the princess in the marriage scene. Um. So yeah, it's kind of got the same sort of like, um, it's got like side commentary. Like the author's commentary in it. Okay. It's pretty funny. Because like he, he tells a story and then he like throws in his two cents and then he keeps going and then, yeah. Okay. That's very interesting to me because to be honest, I kind of felt like the grandfather reading to the grandson kind of took away from the movie. Really? Oh yeah. my God. Why? I love that part. Because well, it's, like, it's like this little... This little Fred Savage, who well, yeah, and who is like playing that. What is that game that he's playing? The baseball game for like Nintendo or something. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but yeah, I forget what it he's was. He's like called. playing some sort of like 1985 game, mm-hmm. and it's just funny. I love the grandpa. Well, that's that's why I even kind of hate to say it because I love Fred Savage and I love Peter Falk. Yeah, have you ever watched Columbo? No. Oh my god. You got to watch some Columbo. It, it, Peter Falk is just—he was—he was born to to play 
that guy. that role yeah. and be in in that series, like the old Jewish grandpa. Yeah, he's so like yeah. he's like he's just so funny. Like the way right. he talks to the kid and the way he's like you know so nonchalant about it, and he's like, okay, I'll mm-hmm. stop, you know, and right, it's just right. It's really funny. And 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 Columbo is actually kind of the same way. He in that show, he's not doing it from like the old Jewish grandpa shtick. Mm-hmm. But in Columbo, he's he's a detective and the his mannerisms and the way he asks questions kind of makes kind of makes him seem like an idiot to the suspects. Mm-hmm. But he's really smart. But he's really, really smart. That's awesome. And he does all of these things that they kind of just who is this moron but then he's gathering the clues and then he just throws down the yeah that's great it's not like he turns it off all of a sudden and throws down the evidence but it's sort of like i i can't even do an impression of him or anything but it's also it's it's like oh by the way you know i was thinking about you know such and such and so and so and so if this happened, then that means you were here and you must have been the killer. <laughs> and then they're like, uh. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Crap, I did it. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's the worst description of Columbo ever. But somewhat, I mean, Peter Falk yeah. is Peter Falk, like no matter what what role. So I really like those those two actors. But But that angle didn't. Well, Do it's it definitely in the story for me. It's definitely. I think it would have been better book. without. I think it would have been better well, without. Or, but I, I can see where. I can see where, in order to incorporate that type of feeling, they had to modify it for, for the for movie, movie yeah. versus the book. And the thing is, like the book, the whole the whole feeling that you're describing is that this is someone telling a story. It should always feel like someone's telling a story. Right. So it's not like you're living the story and it's happening before your eyes. It's that it's an old story that's being told. Mm-hmm. That's the point. And it's right. like that in the book too. So yeah. I get, yeah. I get that. The other thing that, that occurred to me as I watched it was it would be a pretty good, ser- a pretty good movie. If you were to remake it, straight up as a drama because the core the core story is pretty good yeah but it's, it's, it's so much cookie better cutter. when it's funny it's cookie yeah. cutter and it's better when it's funny but i could i could see somebody taking that story and and remaking yeah. it as I mean, a, the, as the, a drama but the story itself is just like you said it's just cookie cutter it's just you know right pretty basic and the comedy is what makes that's it, what makes it yeah. yeah yeah i mean the characters are all like ridiculous in their own right mm-hmm. you know like andre the giant and, he's great yeah. yeah i mean they're all they've they're all like somewhat stupid right <laughs> which yeah. is what makes it funny um so were you entertained i mean did you like it oh, i was totally entertained i totally liked it yeah uh, i just i couldn't help but make the comparisons and but i really i really appreciated it for for what it was mm-hmm. it 
here's another here's another difference between making that movie in 1987 and making it today. Even if you were to make it today as a comedy, you know, keep the same mm-hmm. script and all of that stuff. If you were to make it today, the sets, the costuming, the makeup would all be much higher quality. Mm-hmm. That looked like a 1980s movie to me. Well, so because does it Robin was. Hood, Men in Tights, you know, they both kind of look like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I think, I mean, yeah, this, the set, like the forest and the, the, um, a lot of the stuff I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously, like the R.O.U.S.s are just like a a, a little person in a suit, you right. know, like yeah. crawling yeah. around. But that's kind of like part of what makes it funny, you know. Right. And and I think that could easily be like covered up slash explained by the fact that it's a story being told. It's a story being so told. So it's not so supposed to look it's, realistic. It's it's supposed to be like somebody's imagination, you know. Yeah. Or um, yeah. you know, it's supposed to be. Right, right. Looking back in time, kind yeah. of. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I never once even put two thoughts into the set. I don't know. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't really know what else to say about that. Um, well, well, it just, it just, it, it, it just seemed to me like somebody, somebody could read, make the movie as a comedy and end up spending a hundred million dollars on it. Yeah, probably and it would for, be stupid. Probably for no reason. And there's really. no reason to do that because yeah. the way it is now is to me it's it's like timeless. And it's it's one of those movies that's funny for kids and for adults. Like I think you could totally have your kid watch it and they would think it was really funny because there's giant rats and there's, you know, sword fighting and um just silly humor parts like with right. the rhyming and the you know, the priest at the wedding and like all those things those mm-hmm. are like just funny for anybody yeah. you know so it's it's definitely a um a movie that's good for all audiences and um i think it's i'm trying to remember um like i mean what else came out around that time in the like late 80s i mean was that the same time as like like Molly Ringwald movies or was that different 80s? Roughly, maybe those were maybe a little bit before. But I mean basically in the 80s like well, Bre- look at Breakfast it, Club? Look maybe? at it, yeah, I mean look at it from this standpoint. Jedi was 83. So if you if you want to look at big Hollywood movies mm-hmm. between Jedi and 83 and Jurassic Park in 93 mm-hmm. there there's a whole lot of different things in there like in in terms of 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 sort of actionish or fantasy or whatever movies you had your your willows you had your labyrinths mm-hmm. you had dark crystal yeah and even i mean i still feel like princess bride is like up there with some of those and maybe even better than some of those as far as set and um, 
like visual stuff goes. I don't know. Right. Um, but also, I don't really consider it a fantasy or a, like, I mean, it's medieval, but I consider it just a family movie. It doesn't really follow in that genre to me. Mm-hmm. I think mean, it's set in that time kind of, but like, it's more, it's more just a, it could have been Disney, you know, like it's more just like a family kind of movie, you know? Right. And um, like, I don't look at like, um, I don't know. I don't look at like Cinderella and think that's medieval, <laughs> you know, or like look at, look at that and see like, Oh, they're wearing like peasant dresses. It must be medieval time. Like no one thinks about that for that movie right. at all. They just, or like brave for yeah, that matter for right. something new. No one thinks about it as a medieval or a fantasy movie. They just think about it as a family movie. That makes sense. I don't know. I just see it as like a family comedy kind of, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I I love the movie and it's one of my favorites, but I don't I don't think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I th- I think you're right. Um although I haven't seen Men in Tights in a while, so I would like to watch it again and decide yeah. which one I like better. <laughs> Cuz I like I. them both. Um I love Carrie Elwes. I think he's awesome. Um he was in a lot of good movies at that time. He needs to be in more stuff now. He was now. he did a he's weird really cameo in a couple movies lately, but like it, they were dumb. You know, hmm. he needs to do like Errol Flynn. He reminds me of Errol Flynn. Mm-hmm. He needs to do more movies like that. Swashbuckling kind of. Yeah. 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 He, I don't know so much these days, maybe not because a lot of time has passed, but certainly yeah. then he, he, had he did that do a few. I know. I, I should have looked it up, but I know he was in quite a lot back then. Mm-hmm. Um, Robin Wright was really pretty in this movie. Mm-hmm. That was her first move. This was yeah. her first movie. Yeah. Yeah. She looked, she was cool. And one thing I, I like her, but um no nah, I mean I was gonna say like I wish she would have kicked butt a little bit more, but she was pretty good. Mm-hmm. She wasn't too bad. She was uh, She wasn't really a damsel so much. No, she wasn't. Mm-hmm. And she was she was sufficiently obstinate mm-hmm. when it came to to being betrothed to Humperdink. To Humperdink. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she never really had, like, the chance to kick butt. No. Too much. Mm-mm. But that's that's okay. So, one of my favorite parts about this movie is um, a lot of the, um, like, sort of minor characters are just, like, really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, the king. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? <laughs> He's yeah. just, like, so old and, like, <laughs> <laughs> just, like, I was just watching... I didn't rewatch the whole thing. I'll probably finish it today later just because I want to. But I watched about um, up until they get out of the, the um, what's the name of the forest that's got all the different. The, the, I'm thinking of the, the swamp of. Uh, the fire swamp. The fire swamp. Yeah. And um, when they get out of there, that's when I kind of stopped watching. But um, the first part, the first time you see Humperdinck and he's like introducing Buttercup and the king is like standing up there with him on the balcony, he just like is like waving his hand around and he just looks so old and yeah. just totally doesn't even give a crap. And he's just like, I'm the king and this is my kingdom, whatever. And he's just like, I don't know, he's hilarious. He's so minor, but he's so freaking mm-hmm. funny. And then, um, Billy Crystal is in Miracle it. Max. And Miracle Max. And yeah. his wife is like one of my favorite characters. Oh, yeah. My sister and I are so always great. like, I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. <laughs> and after what you just said, I don't even want to be that anymore. 
like it's awesome. Random yeah. little lines. Yeah. And then um the one guy there's just like so many funny characters. The one guy who's like the head of the guard who um is like in on the secret with Humperdinck and he's like that redhead prison guard guy with like right. the mustache. Yeah. And then when the um when Andre the Giant <laughs> Fezzik and um Inigo Montoya and Wesley try to break in with the big Holocaust robe. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the prison guard is, you know, finally runs away. He's the last one. He's just, like, such a little pathetic guy. And he cracks me up. There's so many funny people in yeah. this movie. I don't know. Yeah, I think everyone puts on a good performance. Oh, yeah, totally. For sure. Um, it was, it was, you know, I don't, I don't know how Rob Reiner went about casting, but it, he it was basically job. like, come and be a ridiculous character in this movie because I know that you're going to be awesome at it. Because mm-hmm. they I, were all really great character actors. They totally were. And I was reading, at, before I came here, I was reading um, IMDb. And uh, I read that he wanted to make this movie about 12 years before he actually made it. Really? Yeah. So he, and at that time, he wanted Andre the Giant, but he couldn't get him. He was too busy. And um, Arnold Schwarzenegger wanted to do it, but he wasn't known then at all. He was like totally unknown. And so... um, Yeah, he was just like barely doing Conan at that point. 12 years before this was made in the 70s. Yeah. And um, so finally when he came to be able to finally make the movie, Schwarzenegger was like way too famous and he couldn't afford him. But Andre the Giant was free, so then yeah. he ended up getting him. Andre the Giant, many I mean, times better for that role. Oh yeah, he's like so awesome. The way that, and they said something about like his accent was so thick that like they had to redo his lines so many times, and um, like um, basically had to like, you know, yell at him to try to make him like talk better because he could. His accent is so thick. But um, he's so great in this movie. I yeah. love the part where he's like throwing the rocks at Wesley, and just, he's funny. And yeah. then later he becomes friends with him. And but um, who else? I'm trying to. Oh, think I love. Uh, oh, I was just gonna say I, I love the the little bit where uh, Wesley says to Inigo, uh like after he gets his revenge or whatever, he's like, I don't know what to do. And Wesley's like, yeah, you should think about a career in pirating or yeah. whatever he <laughs> you says. Like a fine dread pirate Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I looked up the name cause I couldn't remember the name, but did you know that the guy who did all the um, fencing choreography, Bob Anderson? Yeah. He did this. He was one? the fencing. Mm-hmm. He was the fight choreographer yeah. for the star Wars trilogy. Yeah. And for, um, Zorro and like um, yeah. Lord of the Rings and basically almost everything that we ever see. Right. He just died this year. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe it was 2012. Might, yeah. But like within the last yeah. year-ish, whatever. But yeah. And uh, a lot of people don't realize maybe that Bob Anderson was the one, was oftentimes the one in the Vader suit. Mm-hmm. during the fights yeah because people people think well if they're dummies then they they think james earl jones wore the suit yeah which he never did obviously. right uh, duh. Or everyone they, knows that yeah but it, like everybody thinks that you know david prouse was 
was the guy and he was but he didn't do the fight scenes because mm-hmm. why would he have to <laughs> yeah i mean think about it if you're playing a character who's wearing a mask and you never really see his face in any of those scenes why not have the expert fencer do the actual fighting right. for you <laughs> right <laughs> instead of like spending all that time learning it exactly <laughs> now remember that thought when we talk about iron man 3 later oh because there's a thing okay. about that um yeah that's totally true and that's a that's a neat that's yeah. a neat tie in. I didn't I didn't realize that I didn't I mean that's one of my favorite sword fighting scenes ever. It's a it's a solid it's a good it's one. It's solid sword play yeah. in that movie, I have to say. Yeah. There's uh there's the one scene when in the in the battle between Wesley and Inigo, they're kind of on that not very good set. Yeah, and then he, and he the spins mattress. around. He lands. And first of all, you can see the it's like supposedly a branch or something, yeah. maybe. And you can see it's got some give into it. Yeah. But then he like, you know, hits like the perfect ten landing and it's clearly and it's, a mattress. It, it like bumps down. Yeah. I know it's awesome. That's one of my favorite things. Yeah. But uh, the uh the, 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 the choreography other other than that cheesiness yeah. was was really good. Star Trek connection uh-huh. for you here. Wallace Shawn. Yeah. The actor who plays Vizzini. Yeah. He played Grand Nagus Zek mm-hmm. in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Grand, he played a lot, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Grand Nagus Zek was the leader of the Ferengi. Mm. And with that voice yeah, and like the Ferengi makeup, he plays this really old <laughs> Ferengi. That's and awesome. he comes to the space station and there's this Frankie that lives on the space station. His name is Quark. Uh-huh. And he's, he's basically like the bar owner and casino owner on Deep Space Nine. And, you know, he'd be like, Quark, where's my blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he's like got the lisp going right. on. Yeah, it's like, totally, like the raspy voice. It's totally the same voice. It's That's so awesome. great. Does he ever say inconceivable? I think he does, actually. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Inconceivable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I love the um, relationship between Inigo Montoya and um, Fezzik. Just like, they're like BFFs. Yeah. Um, yeah. When, they, when they're like rhyming together and like when Fezzik comes and takes him when Fezzik's part of the the brute squad and he comes and like rescues Montoya because he's all wasted and he like nurses him back to hell. <laughs> yeah. but he, like it's awesome. Oh, I love this yeah. movie. But yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. it one was of a whole lot one of my fun. favorite things is the Rous. They're totally. <laughs> I yeah. love them. He's like rodents of unusual size. I don't think they exist. And then it's like. Bah! And it charges him. <laughs> yeah. And it's like chomping his arm, and it's just this obviously this guy in a suit. That's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um one somebody recently showed me a picture of a um I don't know how to say it. Capabara Capabara. The they're like this type of rodent that lives in South America. Uh the chupacabra. Oh, C H? Oh. Okay, never mind. Uh, the, the, well, the chupacabra is like this mythical. Oh no, no, this one's thing. real. Okay. Oh, I know the Ca- one you're talking C-A-P-A-B-Y-R-A, about. C A P A B Y R A, I think. Yeah. Cup, something like that. Bean burrito. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And it's basically a giant hamster. Like it okay. looks like a just giant. It's a it's an R O U S. Nice. It is because someone recently, one of my friends is in Brazil right now, and posted a picture of it, and I was like R O U S. It looks like 
It is a rodent of unusual size. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, good movie. Yeah, highly recommended. Ho- solid, solid story. Yeah. Family friendly. Mm-hmm. Heartwarming. True love. <laughs> All of those things. Yeah. Good. Thumbs up. Two thumbs up from, from me. Yeah. I give it two. Um, so I guess that would be it, right? That would be it. Okay, so Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3. So, okay. We've talked about this a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, offline, so to speak. Oh, like which ones I've seen. Right. So where do you you stand on your Marvel Cinematic Universe movie watching? I've seen all of them except, and I want to cry so hard when I say this, but I haven't seen Avengers yet. Mm-hmm. And it was filmed in freaking Cleveland. Yeah. And I still haven't seen it. It was Joss Whedon. I just, I want to see it so bad. And I wanted to see it in theaters. And then time got away from me. And then I didn't see it. And then it was on Netflix for a hot second. And I almost was like, oh, instant cue. And then I watched Captain America and Thor first because I wanted to see those before the Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. And now Avengers isn't on Netflix anymore. And I just need to go to the damn Red Box and rent it and watch it. That's yep. what I need to do. Yep. Because I need to see that movie so hardcore. Yeah, definitely. It's a great movie. The Avengers is, is very cool. I haven't seen that, and I haven't seen the Hulk movie either. Okay. That I mean, one, I don't really know if I need to. <laughs> not really. I mean, it's it's good. Did you see the very first Hulk movie? I haven't seen any Hulk movies, I okay. don't think. The first Hulk movie is, well... The number one thing to say about that one is it's not the fr- very first Hulk movie is not part of what they call the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It was it was directed by Ang Lee and starred uh, Eric Bana. Mm-hmm. And it was a weird, not very exciting. That's film. yeah, that was didn't get very good reviews. Yeah. And then recently after that. They made another one, right? Yeah, like they made soon after. They made the Incredible Hulk, which different actor they had Ed Norton. Oh no! Right. Oh yeah, that's right. I need to see it just because of him. Right, and I like he's, him. He's cool. He's a great actor. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good film. It's it's not not bad by any means. Mm-hmm. Got Liv Tyler. Oh yeah, and she's cool, and it's it's good. It is part of that series of films, right? And so, there is a there is a tiny thing at the end robert downey jr cameo at the very end like the after credits sort of thing samuel jackson make a cameo yeah but but of all of the films in in that series that the incredible hulk is probably the least important one for for somebody to 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 watch is edward norton in the avengers no (sighs) he got replaced by mark ruffalo why I think I think they called it creative creative differences or or whatever but from what I've read online he's difficult to work with. I don't know exactly what that means or or why but cuz he has an alter ego and it's Brad Pitt and he thinks yeah <laughs> that he's doing things yeah, that he's exactly. not doing. Yeah. Or I mean he's not doing things that he is doing. Yeah, speaking of movies that everybody else seems to love that I'm kind of lukewarm on. Ditto. Jim. Meh. Side- Meh. 
Bump it. Bump it. Yeah. I don't really care about that movie either. Yeah. Hey, by the way, if you guys can't tell, we're in the escape pod this week. Oh, yeah. It's been quite a while. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty cool in here. Yeah. Um, Literally. And we're actually, both in shorts. freezing. In shorts weather. <laughs> it's really cold in here. Yeah. <laughs> I've got my unintentional Charlie Harper, Charlie Sheen uh, <laughs> outfit on. I have, I have a problem with unintentional cosplay. Oh, well, I'm, that's a, that's a character that's just a normal dude, so well, it makes sense. Yeah, but he's a douche and I'm dressed like a douche. You're just wearing a shirt and pants. Yeah, cargo shorts. It happens. Not a good look for 38-year-old men, but they're comfortable. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't see a problem I've heard it. people say that. I guess it's true. Whatever. People say it. Anyways. Uh, people are dumb. Um, Fight Club. Yeah, not as good as everybody thinks it is. Yeah. Uh, Send in the hate mail. So Mark Ruffalo. Yes, yeah, so is the Hulk in the Avengers, and he has a cameo at the end of Iron Man. Did you stay for the end yeah, credits? Yeah, of okay. course. So you saw the the thing. Um, what was it again? I forget what it was. Tony, Tony is is in sitting in the chair, basically dumping all this drama and stuff onto Mark Ruffalo. Oh yeah, and he's like, "I'm not this kind of doctor." So did you make that connection? No, because I didn't know who he was. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, so say that again. So so he tell me the connection. Well, the connect the connection is he's the Hulk. Okay, he's Doctor Banner. Okay, right, Bruce Banner, and so in the in the after end credits bonus scene of Iron Man three, Tony's on. They're they're sitting in. Some it either, looks like a psychiatrist's it office. Looks like yeah. a psychiatrist office. And and Bruce is sitting there in a chair and Tony's like laid back in this chair couch thing mm-hmm. as if Bruce Banner is his psychologist and telling him this stuff. And Banner's just like sitting there like falling asleep. Yeah. And the joke is that he's not that kind of a doctor and he's not a psychologist because he what was the line he couldn't uh he doesn't have the temperament oh to be a psychologist that's right Right. okay yeah i did not know that connection at all because i haven't seen the hulk right i suck yeah um well that's okay because even though there there are direct even though there are direct tie-ins to the Avengers from Iron Man 3. You get the point which stuff happened and he's he's traumatized. He's having PTSD about it. Yeah. Um, I I basically, I mean, I got that. Um, Yeah. It was was easy to be like, oh, this must be a clue about the Avengers, which I haven't seen, but I can kind of guess that basically aliens invade New York and something like that happens. Exactly. So he's traumatized. The end. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it wasn't really like crucial to have seen the movie. But yeah, those those are the only. I'm pretty sure those are the only ones I haven't seen. I've seen all the Iron Mans. I've seen Captain America. I've seen Thor. What else? What that's. Else? I mean, that's is it. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I've seen. So all. that's good. Yeah. Um. It's. They're filming the new Captain America in Cleveland right now. Yeah. Shutting down the shoreway. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 kind of difficult because on one hand. Everybody here in Cleveland is like, oh, yay, awesome. We're, the uh, cap is being made here. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, we're kind of like, and the traffic sucks. Yeah, as a because result. not only is the shoreway closed, our other main highway into the city is half closed off because the bridge is unusable and can't carry enough weight that it's supposed to carry. So they're rebuilding a bridge 
So we only have two lanes and a four lane highway. So that traffic mm. already sucked. And yeah. now the shoreway going into the city is closed. So we, yeah. But if you're awesome like me, then you only have to take one exit into downtown. Right. I take 77. Yeah, so do I. And I only have to be on it for like one exit because our, our exit for school is like the first one. Yeah. So it's awesome. Yep. Um. So it doesn't affect Megan and I. No. Personally, because I do. You, so when you get on, do you go um, to where it's like it splits off into ninety east and then four ninety east? Is that where you get on? Uh, no, I get on at four eighty and seventy seven. Okay, because where I get on, this is like totally boring for other people, but whatever. Um, it's I get on seventy seven or seventy one, and then it turns into ninety, but it also splits off into four ninety, and everyone right. takes ninety. No one takes four ninety, even right. though it's goes the same place no mm-hmm. one ever takes it so i'm always like passing all these people like sucka <laughs> like <laughs> going through there's no stopping i never have to stop and yeah. everyone else is backed up it's like <laughs> you got it going on yeah screw you guys i'm out of here yeah so cleveland is good because we don't really have much traffic you're like yogurt they're like cheese it's true yep i'm slipping and sliding straight down the highway right so anyway um you wanted to say something about um sword fighting or being the person fighting the right choreographer so, or something yeah, yeah well what i wanted to say was the idea of if if you're a character in a costume it it can be any stunt person or whoever right. who's wearing the costume yes and it doesn't matter mm-hmm. it, particularly during an action scene right so one of the things that that I've noticed that that was pretty obvious in Iron Man three, but is also the case in the other Iron Man movies, and you can even see this a lot in the the Tobey Maguire Spider Man films, mm-hmm. which is they find as many excuses as many excuses as they can to get a costumed hero out of their costume or at least their mask off. Yeah. So that you can see the actor. So you can see you can see the actor. Cuz they paid all that money face. for them, you might as well see him. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like with Toby Maguire, like he's got this the world's crappiest Spider-Man costume apparently. Like Peter needs to get on it and build some better fabric, right? <laughs> because like the it's the, always ripping the mask rips off like instantly. Like that one scene on the on the train where like all those people protect him. The citizens right. are like protecting Spider-Man cuz you can see his face. Yeah. Oh, it's probably. like, at least that's not happening to his crotch or his yeah. ass or something. Yeah, jeez. That would be no awful. No one wants to see that. Yeah, no. Um, so, I was wondering, well, in Iron Man, though, don't they use a lot of CGI, though, for the Yeah, I mean, the, the, the costume yeah. is, is like, a ton of that is is CGI. Yeah. And in the first two films, the the established shtick was... You have you have the inside the mask the cam, point of view yeah. in in mask camera yeah and they they do that in in Iron Man three but in in Iron Man three you also have a significant amount of story where he's not in the co- not in the armor at all yeah it's kind of more about Tony Stark right yeah and there's like the whole action sequence. Where he goes and raids the compound, mm-hmm. where the Mandarin and everybody's 
their their compound mm-hmm. and he doesn't have he's a, wearing the all, all he's got is like the one. is the homemade repulsor glove <laughs> and that's awesome, it awesome though it's so funny yeah. i love that part and so he's running around <laughs> he's like wearing a trucker a hat <laughs> yeah yeah and and so you had this it it was it was part of the story yeah. but it still stuck out to me as okay they have they have this actor that they're paying ungodly sums of money to. Mm-hmm. They're putting his face to work. I did not think that at all. Maybe you need to lighten up a little bit, Jim. Maybe I do need to lighten up. Because I me... just had an enjoyable time the whole time. Well, good for you. <laughs> and and so did I. But I have another nitpick okay. related to that, if I, if I may share. Go for it. It bothered me a little bit that the superhero was using a gun to kill. Oh. He kills people with guns in that movie. Where? Wait, what? When? During during that sequence. Does he? Yeah. But they're all fighting. Well. I mean, everyone's... They're fighting, but... Okay, okay, I get what you're saying. Because if Batman was there, he wouldn't be killing people with guns. Right. But that's the one that's the one thing I really like about Batman is he doesn't kill. He doesn't kill. Yeah. Um but Tony Stark is a totally different person. I mean he's like a playboy kind of guy. Right. He's always been like crossing the line. Mm-hmm. He's more revenge based in like uh I was personal like I mean, he was in a cave in Afghanistan and I think he's like traumatized so he just kind of like right lays it yeah. lays it out for people more. Mm-hmm. Than Batman, yeah, and and to be fair, he he has he has killed in the armor as well. Plus, in in the other movies, because he's uh, and I'm not just talking about like the big boss fights at the end of the movies where the other character dies, you mm-hmm. know, where the villain dies. But like, there's when he gets when he gets his first armor in the first movie. And he escapes from the cave and basically sets everybody on fire and mm-hmm. it, all the, the weapons blow up and stuff. And clearly the people die. Well, that's like, but the, go ahead. Uh, my only, my only thing is like, um, I don't like superheroes that kill. Okay. I, I don't, well, I don't like it when superheroes kill. Okay. So let me comment on that. I think Iron Man is a little bit of a different type of superhero than most of the other ones because, except maybe Batman, because Batman's exactly the same as this. He's a rich guy who buys his way into being a superhero. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any powers. Right. He just has money, you know? So that would be the correlation between him and Batman. But I think he's sort of, when he becomes iron man you know for the first time when he's like building that stuff in the cave it's almost like he does it well it's not almost like he does do it because he's trying to survive right he doesn't do it out of any sort of mission other than i need to get out of here and Mm -hmm. live and so from the very beginning iron man has a totally different attitude and a different like mission in the very beginning right right right. and 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 also Along those same lines, um, to to counteract my own argument, is it's not like he's a wanton, merciless 
killer or murderer person. He's a person. soldier, basically. When when he does have to kill in the movies or whatever, it's it's justified, right? I mean, yeah. I think I think the point, and it's I'm, okay. Yeah, and the point that I'm making is that he's not like a like a like a hero, really. I don't think he's really like a like a superhero. He's more like a like a soldier or somebody who's like counter terrorist or you know like somebody who's trying to um stop other violent people because not because he has some sort of like holy mission i think it's just because he can and he likes the action of it you know so i think maybe i mean he's just totally different he's he's a party guy like he he likes fighting he likes being a part of that like scene where he like with the mandarin he takes it upon himself to like fight this so-called giant terrorist that like america's trying to fight you know and he's just like i'll do it you know Mm because he likes to do it he likes the action part of it whereas like you know i think with with batman it's a little bit more about like i'm protecting the city of gotham i'm you know i'm like like a he's more of a protector of people than he is like a, a fighter, you know? Right. Whereas Iron Man, I think is just kind of out to kick. He's butt. into it. Yeah. He's, he's totally that, into it. Yeah. And that's, that's an interesting point because there are, there are many, many similarities between Iron Man and Batman. Mm-hmm. They are, they are non super powered mm-hmm. superheroes who, who, Succeed and get by through Gadgets. a combination of wits and technology. Mm-hmm. And I think the the difference that you bring up there is a really awesome one and is the core difference between Batman and Iron Man, which is Iron Man does it because he gets off on it. Mm-hmm. He just likes the thrill of the fight. He likes the thrill of the fight. Batman maybe gets off on it, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. I think Batman's more like brooding he's like angel right. versus spike oh my god it's angel <laughs> versus spike totally. it totally is yeah batman is angel iron man is spike they're both vampires with souls who fight but they totally fight for different reasons and one of them's whiny about it and the other one's just like haha violence woohoo that's totally true holy crap i'm a genius you are a genius everything is about buffy it yeah, pretty much. Oh my god. Pretty much. I'm so smart. I'm going to tell everybody that. I'm going to be like, guess what my idea was? Guess. Go. It's a brilliant brilliant analogy. And that's why I like Spike better than Angel and that's why I like Iron Man mm. better than Batman. Now, the 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 OCD nerd in me feels compelled to point out to the listeners mm-hmm. that Batman in the comics was not always a non-killer. Oh, really? Originally in the early, like we're talking 1930s into the into the early 40s Batman comics, he was running around with a gun. Oh, wow. So wow. it's not like he was that, that was way. was the 40s. Yeah. yeah. You had to have a gun. Yeah. He was a gangster. <clears throat> Got to pack some heat in yeah. the 40s. Um, but, uh, no, yeah, that's that's a great comparison if I do say so myself. But yeah. I think I think maybe that's why people love Iron Man so much. And also I was going to mention this also, he's like one of the only superheroes that everyone knows who he is. 
people right. know that he's a superhero and it's because he likes the attention. Every other superhero doesn't tell people because they don't they want to live their regular life mm-hmm. outside of it. But he's like, "Give me all the press, give me whatever, like, yeah, I'll tell everybody, you know." Yeah. Cuz he likes that attention, so. Yep. Yeah. Well, if I if I could choose between being Batman or being Iron Man, I'd be Iron Man. You would? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say Batman. Nope, cuz you enjoy Iron Man enjoys being Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Batman does not really enjoy being Batman's Batman. depressed. He is depressed. Mm-hmm. And I want to be different. I'm depressed too. <laughs> so that's why I want to be Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. I like Iron Man too because he has that sweet, well, I guess the Batcave. But Iron Man has an awesome garage. Yeah. He's got all that stuff. With all of his Audis. Suits. Like 10 million Audis and yeah. all the suits. So yeah. many suits. Oh my God. Okay. So, okay. Good. Oh yeah. By the Let's way, there's spoilers. Let's talk about suits. Yeah. yeah by the way. <laughs> oh yeah. Duh. Whoops. <laughs> Stop now. <laughs> In case anybody is listening to the show for the first time, first of all, welcome. <laughs> Thank Second you for of all. tuning in. <laughs> Second of all, the entire premise of the podcast is spoilers. Yes. <laughs> so there, there, are, there are no spoiler alerts in Nerd Novice yeah. because the whole thing is spoilers. Yes. Okay. So we'll just get that out of the way for any new listeners. Okay. Um, armor. Yeah. Okay. And again, let me state for the record that I really, really loved this movie. Mm-hmm. I've seen it twice in the theater. I want to see it again. And I would totally go yeah. in a heartbeat to to see it a third time, mm-hmm. fourth time. You know, it's totally cool. Yeah. It's totally rad. I love it. Armor. Here's the problem. <sighs> he spends... Probably too much time out of the armor. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not in the armor for more than like two minutes at a time mm-hmm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. The other thing is he the armor is is too powerful. Okay. And what I mean by that is he's got the new armor, the Mark 42, which can come to him in pieces and can also work autonomously on its own. Mm -hmm. At that point, one could argue that if you have a technology that powerful, you don't even need to wear it. Right. It is no longer armor. You've made a robot. But he likes the thrill of the fight. So if he did that, he wouldn't be involved. And he likes to be in the action. Right. So. Okay. That explains it, right? That, that. Does that quell your fear a little bit? No. (laughs) It's a good explanation. And I, I don't disagree with it by any means, but. The the armor is is portrayed, in my opinion, to be a little bit too powerful. Like it doesn't need him at all. Like yeah, that that's yeah. a much better way of what takes me five minutes to explain. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's that's a little bit bothersome is how easy it is for you to just put the armor on, have the armor go on to Pepper. Mm-hmm. And 
then she can manipulate it. Like she kind of, when once she wears the armor, she has some issues, some control issues mm-hmm. with it at first. But after like 30 seconds, she's able to make it do what she needs it to do yeah. in order to rescue him and, and whatever. Yeah. And it's like, is the armor, it's a little bit easy to use at that point. Yeah, here's my issue with the armor. When it's in that garage, in that kid's garage, and he's trying to call it to him and it won't come to him, it's just held by a stinking little wooden door with a chain around it. Yeah. Can't it just burst out? That's my my issue. It's like weird. It's like super strong, but it can't burst out of a barn door. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't really think that through when they... When they tried to make that a bit yeah. in the movie. But yeah, you're right. And I think, I mean, we, we are venturing into Cylon territory here. You know, it's becoming yeah. <laughs> it's becoming its own life form. Pretty soon there's going to be a war of the Iron Men and the, the people against each other, I think. But um, I don't know. I think maybe just um, what I would say, and I... I just like to disagree just because I can, because that's, we're on a show right now and I'm going to disagree for the point of discussion. Um, I think maybe a reason behind it is not only that he likes to be part of the action, but also that um, he just spends, I think maybe one of the issues with him and Pepper is that he spends so much time in, in the basement, like making stuff. Like Mm -hmm. he's just constantly working and making stuff and he's so obsessed about it. And maybe that's, partly because he's depressed with PTSD right now, you know, like, um, but it's like he almost creates something that's too good to be true. And then at the end he destroys them. Right. So maybe, yeah. So I think maybe he realizes that or something. I don't know. I get what you're saying. So it's almost, it's almost as if when, when there's Avengers 2, or whatever whatever next appearance of Iron Man, mm-hmm. it's almost as if, because he's starting from scratch, almost as if the armor could end up potentially being a little bit simpler. Yeah. Because I think maybe one of his feelings um, was that it was just going too far, you know? Because mm-hmm. I mean, why would he... One one of the things when we I went with my parents um, to see the movie, and when we left, my mom was like, "Why did he destroy all of those? He just put all this work into them, and he just did it like as a whim, you know." Mm-hmm. And I think maybe it's just because he kind of was like wanted to fresh slate and a clean start, you know. Right. And um, he just wanted to maybe he is going to make it simpler. We'll see, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I thought it another nitpick would be. I, I thought it was kind of a missed opportunity in the story for Rhodey to be able to wear one of the suits. Because here's here's the thing. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. And 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 here's why I think they But it was it didn't he... work. Well, here's the here's the thing is is he's able to have the suit go on to Pepper with no problem yeah. at the beginning of the movie. And and you could rationalize that by saying yeah, he programmed the suits as a so that as a contingency she could wear them. Mm-hmm. Because later in the movie, when they're in the final fight, mm-hmm. and Rode uh, Rhodey's like, "Dude, get me a suit," mm-hmm. and 
And Tony's like, I can't. They're only coded to me or no, whatever. No, he was kidding. He was just like, screw you. I'm not giving you a suit. That's what he was kind of acting like. That's no, what... I think he yeah. was serious. Because otherwise he should have, he shouldn't have been kidding about that. Because he could have really used a suit. I don't know. It seemed like he was kind of like, no way, man. No, I don't think he was kidding. Really? Yeah, because he It seemed like he, he was said, being a jerk just to be like, like, no, they're my suits. Nah. No, I don't think he was. Really? I don't think that was the know. intent. Because then, because then, um, he, Rhodey got the suit and saved the president eventually. Or how did he get well, down he, to the president? What he did is he got the, he got the president and then he got, into he got suit. the president out of the war machine yeah. suit, which he could get into. Yeah. See, I don't think Tony was kidding about that because that would have been a, an incredibly stupid thing for him to do but at he a time is like, when they needed. But he's very... Uh, He's very un- irrational sometimes. Yeah. I mean, maybe he was. I thought because I swear I want to see it again now because because if I were, I swear that he was like, mm. no, hell no, no. He was no. like, no, I can't. You, you can't. Okay, because you're not coded for it. Which I thought was like, if I were Tony Stark, which I'm only about a hundred billion dollars away from being, <laughs> um. And and probably a hundred IQ points away from being, yeah, um, smart. <clears throat> I would not only code my suits as safety, not only for Pepper but for my BFF Rhodey. Yeah. So just for a, yeah, yeah. yeah that that's know. that's the nitpicky of nitpicks. Hmm. Nitpickiest. Yeah. Um. The one. <sighs> Let me just complain a little bit about the um, the one guy, not the main villain. What was his name? The main villain guy. The guy that was like really nerdy and then he did AIM. Yeah. Um, and did you notice that Tony Stark was wearing an AIM t-shirt throughout like most of it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was funny. Um, the one, um, the henchman guy that worked for him that was like a total jerk with like the fiery skin. And right. Oh my god, I hated him so much. He was like chewing gum and just being really sick the whole time. Yeah, mega douchebag. Mega douche. Yeah. Um, I wanted to punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. And the, okay, oh, I know what I wanted to talk about. The the girl who was the botanist. Yeah. What do you think about? <sighs> is she evil or is she? What is she like? Thoughts go. Well, first of all. I want to say the same thing that I've already told you, which is I thought I didn't think that she was going to be working with the villains on the grounds that she wore sneakers with her miniskirt. Wait, I forget why you told me this. Please explain. Because I don't think a villain wears sneakers with their skirts. But that means she's bad at fashion, so she is a villain. But I don't think that's bad at fashion. I think that's adorable. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Okay. It was endearing. Okay. Because it's a little bit geeky. Yeah, it's kind of geeky. Yeah. This is uh this is like sexist nerd profiling or something on my part, probably. But I thought it was cute. Yeah. I thought she's super cute. Yeah. She must be good. <laughs> you were fooled. Because usually it, 
it, usually villain female villains like in, in movies yeah. are kind of dressed Stilettas. a little bit you know they, they're a little not skanky, skanky. necessarily yeah they're but, skanky well maybe a little yeah. but no okay well hey so I didn't that's see a it good coming. change then let's say because right. it's a good change to have someone who is not you know a cookie cutter female villain right but also yeah. is she a villain she that's my question to right. you right because because this is what i think i think she's just a coward and um a a yes a yes man a yes woman a wet yes woman um she has she has no well she's she's a coward because she's afraid to pick a side and um i think she's a little bit well she's very self-involved because you know first of all she's a genius and in the beginning when it was a flashback to the 90s which by the way i loved and i loved that they played the blue (laughs) song by eiffel 65 which i totally remember that um i was very thrilled about their depiction of the 90s um she wasn't bad then she just had this really brilliant idea and she was excited about it and she wanted to use it for for good you know Mm -hmm. um but at the same time she wasn't she wasn't necessarily using it for good she just wanted it to be used you know somehow so she was easily manipulated because she doesn't have the powerful uh conscience or like she doesn't have enough strength inner strength to you know think about what it ends up what it could end up being you know and she she doesn't stand up for her idea at all she just kind of wants to be accepted i think she wants she's easily manipulated and she is manipulated into choosing uh the wrong side and then once she's on that wrong side she sort of gets into it you know and and like in the part where tony is like you know strapped up to that like mattress thing or something i don't know what he's mm. locked onto but um she's like total witch jerk you know like rude and and uh uh condescending and you know definitely evil feeling but then she like changes right back to the other side right away and she's just like going back and forth and i just think she's just a weakling i don't necessarily see her as a villain i just see her as like worthless yeah she's i mean i i hate to be like that but it it kind of and i don't want to get too political but it reminds me of people who are so like people who are like anti-war or anti um religion or anti anything and they're only that way because you know they're so like overly passionate about it and they really don't know like what goes on on the other side at all you know and she she's kind of like she's like just basically in it for her idea and she doesn't think about her actions at all she doesn't think about the people she's affecting at all she's weak right you know? she's doing something that that she thinks is good or potentially good i don't even know if she thinks and that. doing it for like well i think she just yeah she's just self-involved she doesn't she's not thinking about the consequences at all right she's definitely doing it in a very selfish way she wants to be accepted right yeah. and i don't yeah i don't think she i don't even think she is like oh 
the greater good or whatever. I don't think she even has that sort of thought process. To me, it's just like she's just a coward and she only wants people to accept her idea. So she'll do whatever she has to do to get mm-hmm. that done. Mm-hmm. So whatever. Screw her. Yeah. I don't. don't yeah. Pretty don't much. Give her another thought. Pretty much. No, I, I would tend to agree with you. She's she's not evil. But her good actions were too little too late. Yes. Way too little, way too late. you said that way better than me in about two seconds, and I said it in about two minutes, so thank you. Um, No, it's true. She's not evil, but she doesn't doesn't make up for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't... There was not sufficient redemption. Mm-hmm. Which, which is kind of unusual because in a lot of movies or other stories of whatever type, when you have those characters that are in league with the bad guys, especially by, if it's a pretty girl by force or, or whatever. Yeah. Especially a pretty girl. There's, there's usually this opportunity where they, kind they of, become good mm-hmm. and they do something that's really helpful and beneficial and you go, okay, well, they redeemed themselves. I'm thinking of like James Bond right now. Yeah, like, like James Bond stuff or Indiana Jones. Yeah, uh, like these, they're always like pretty women who are like secretly evil and then fall in love with the main dude, and then all of a sudden they redeem themselves right before they die or something like that. Right, and it's like okay, well, right, yeah, they just didn't know what they wanted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's cool. That I mean, I think that's a different. A difference that should have been covered, and mm-hmm. it was, and that's good. Yeah. yeah, different is good. Yeah, it's it's human. It's more human, I think, because she's very. I mean, a lot of people are weak like that. I don't even know what I would do in that scenario, but she, she's very human. She's not right. You know, idealized at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love the spit take that that Tony does. When she shows up at the house and he's like, so what are you going to tell me that there's a 12 year old waiting in the car? Yeah. And she's like, no, he's 13. Yeah. And he's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I know. I like the part where he, um, he doesn't, he pretends like he doesn't know her. And then as soon as Pepper walks in, he introduces her by her first and last name. And she's like, oh, (laughs) she like thought she was going to be vindicated by him being a jerk. Right. Like, and not knowing who she was, but yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and the giant bunny that says Merry Christmas. That was pretty funny. Yeah. I kept wanting there to be like a secret Iron Man suit in there or something. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> first, have it bust out, out the, the stomach or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was good. Yep. Very good flick. I love all those movies. Yeah. They're good. It's... Good. It, I kind of wish that that I could see them through the eyes of a non-comics, non-lifelong mm-hmm. comics fan. What would you like to know? Well, <laughs> and that's why, that's why you're here. And here, Here's the thing is I, I don't know that it's necessarily like how... It, I, I can't even really think of something to ask you necessarily. But, but what it is for me is it's when I see these movies, 
being successful and catching on in popularity in in our general culture that's it's amazing to me and to, and and to see these stories being realized realistically on the big screen is is just an amazing phenomenon to me and it it somehow I guess, I guess I want to say it somehow like validates or – well, it validates something that I've enjoyed for years, ever since I was a little boy. Mm-hmm. And it gives, it gives me pleasure to see other non-comic book people also enjoy these things. Does it make you nervous that they're not – they don't get it. It makes me it makes me nervous that what if they don't like it? Like, okay, so it doesn't make you feel like when you have like some indie band and then it become mainstream and you're like No. It doesn't make you feel not like at, that at all. all. Yeah. I'm the exact opposite Good, of that. Yeah, yeah. Like I I love the fact that you're not a comic book reader mm-hmm. but you really like these movies. Mm-hmm. To me that's amazing. Yeah. And and when I see, uh, like the Star Trek thing is the same way. Right. When I see people of all ages, of all different nerd or non-nerd persuasions, mm-hmm. different genders, mm-hmm. going into something nerdy that I hold near and dear, and they like it too... Yeah. That just makes me it makes me really happy. Yeah. And makes me think I'm glad that they're enjoying something that's brought so much joy to me right. in my life in other in other uh incarnations. Um and I I got that with the audience that I saw Iron Man 3 with. And I especially got that when I saw Star Trek into Darkness. Mm-hmm. When when I saw when I saw Star Trek coming out of the theater, there were there was a group of three teenage girls who who had seen the movie and they were coming out at the same time, and they were talking about amongst themselves about how much they liked the movie, mm-hmm. and that's pretty awesome. That made me so happy mm-hmm. to think. That these nerd things that people used to be embarrassed or ashamed to like or 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 even in serious cases bullied for liking right they are now considered cool, fun things that are for everyone, yeah, and that's just it's so awesome to me that like. Superheroes are now for everyone. Mm-hmm. Star Trek is now for everyone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it's I maybe it. I think maybe it's really cool and I'm I'm glad that you think that way cuz I hate when people get all stupid about mainstream and whatever. But um I think maybe part of it has to do with the fact that they've been around for so long that they've had the ability to like sort of weed out some of the cheesiness and like some of the the parts that maybe most people wouldn't like and sort of mold it into something a little bit more appropriate for our time, 
you know like mm-hmm. when you when you were reading those comics a lot of them were written a long time ago right right and so they probably had the vibe of whatever right decade they were written in yeah if you if you read a i know we're running long in this episode i don't i don't mm. mind if you don't i don't care um if you read like a 1960s marvel comic which is when all those characters were created mm. well except captain america who was actually created in the early 40s but Spider-Man, Iron Man, Hulk, Fantastic Four, X-Men, all of those characters were created in the 60s. And if you read those comics today, they're they're cool fun stories, yeah. but they but they read They're like, like golly the, gee, like not kind not of. even. It's they're they're actually actually very sophisticated in a weird way. Oh really? They they the, the dialogue reads like Bible scripture. Oh. It's really, it's really so kind it's, of it's, odd. But they also have this weird overtone of um, like occasionally unintentional racism or sexism. Right. Um, in the first issue of Fantastic Four, the reason that they steal the spaceship to go into space is to beat the commies into space. Yeah. And and I say beat the commies, commies. into space yeah. because that's exactly what they say in the comic book. Yeah. And and so yeah, the the characters originated definitely in a different time and and they have they have evolved over time to keep up with the times. Right. Spider-Man in the 70s had a lot of the 70s type stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um there was um. Yeah, like during the dis- the heyday of disco, mm-hmm. there were disco influenced right. characters in in the comics, well, and I so think- they've evolved. And yeah, to 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 address your point, I think it it has it has arrived at something that is is relevant to to the modern audience and is changed a little bit to to be a little bit more palatable mm-hmm. to to a mainstream audience. But at the same time, I, I will say that I think I think they've gone they've kept more of the fantastic comic book elements than I honestly thought they would. I don't think that that's necessarily what sways people. Um, because, well, I don't know, um, maybe this is a little bit pessimist, but I think people tend to like things that are popular at the time that they're popular. Like when I was a kid, I'm relating this to the only thing I can relate to and that's music. Um, I listened to what people called oldies music, you know, like sixties, seventies. I listened to like the monkeys and like the beach boys and, um, you know, stuff from like the 1960s and people thought it was stupid and funny, you know, Mm -hmm. just because it was old. So maybe that, you know, you know, now when you, when you like bands that are popular currently, it's not so funny, you know, but like for some reason, you know, older music, when you're a kid, everyone makes fun of you because you're listening to like the monkeys or something. And they're like, it's so simple and silly and, you know, old and whatever so i think 
maybe just people like it now because it's marketed now. That's a little bit more pessimist. But but I also think that they're really good stories. I mean, they're just good stories. They're solid storytelling. They're heroes that are like everyday people that turn mm-hmm. into heroes and people relate to that and people really like it. And um, remember when, um, I think it was when the Spider-Man movies came out around um, 9-11 Right. And everyone was like, you know, all the media was like, people love their hero stories because of times in need. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when people are feeling helpless, then a superhero really helps you feel better or something. And that was kind of like what they were, the buzz was about. Right. And I don't necessarily know if that's really the case anymore, but I think that's kind of the initial, that was a good time to, to bring in these movies and that might be why people are sort of attached to them now. I mean, think about like Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I don't even necessarily know that. I mean, I know they were really, really popular when they came out and ever, you know, a lot of people liked them, but not everyone really saw them as much as these superhero movies because they're a little bit more. They're more out there. They're more out there. Yeah. 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 But these superhero movies are set in you know new york or in time now and some of them are and um they're kind of easy to relate to yeah well i think i think that's true there excuse me there's the stuff like lord of the rings is is definitely like a step further away from from mainstream Mm -hmm. than superheroes have have proven to to be now like i was starting to say before trying to say before they've <clears throat> they've remained a little bit more true to the superhero stuff than i kind of thought they would and one example of that is <clears throat> um is the fact that they actually did have aliens invade because one of one of my one of my concerns or fears about comic book movies when they started to to become more and more popular was that they would they would water them down too much yeah um and like the villains wouldn't be as superpowered or they wouldn't actually have aliens in them. So the the fact that in the Avengers they actually do have aliens was was interesting to me and and one of the reasons why I kind of thought that too was in you've probably never seen it but in the second Fantastic 4 movie which is is kind of okay. Yeah, I didn't really want to see those. Yeah, they're they not. They don't look very good. They're not great. They were they were a letdown for me mm. because Fantastic Four has has been a favorite of mine for for a long time. Um, but they were kind of a letdown, and one of the reasons it was a letdown is because in the second Fantastic Four movie, the the main villain is uh, this character called Galactus. Yeah, the devourer he was in of worlds. Yeah, he's in Marvels. Yeah, and. <clears throat> Galactus in comic books is 
more or less this giant in a purple and blue suit yeah. sort of thing. But in in the Fantastic Four movie, they wimped out and they made Galactus be like this giant floating ball of sp- space dirt that sucks up stuff from planets. Oh. And it was sort of like, that's bogus because that's not really, yeah. not really Galactus. But anyways, I mean, that's that's going like way off the rails. But to kind of be- wrap this back back home, um, again, it just, it really brings me a lot of satisfaction to see it, it being well accepted by, by the mainstream and that it's still overall, even though a person can nerd out and nitpick and say, well, this is different from the comic and like the thing with the Mandarin, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> in the comic book, the Mandarin is not an actor. The Mandarin is the is Mandarin. The Mandarin yeah. And that was kind of goofy. It was kind of goofy. The reason that they, the reason the filmmaker said that they did that was when when the Mandarin was first conceived in the comics, he's again like kind of an unintentionally racist caricature, mm-hmm. and so they didn't, for whatever reason, didn't feel like they could pull off the Mandarin without it seeming mm-hmm. racist somehow. I disagree with that. I'm sure I think they, they could have yeah. done it in a way that that was respectful, but uh, but that was a difference. But Anyways, you could you can nitpick that stuff, but I think overall, certainly, the movies retain and respect the spirit of the comics, mm-hmm. and and they are great stories. And I think the the last thing that I have to say, at least for now, with it, with with superhero movies in general and things like Star Trek, is not only are they, not only is it being proven that they are for everyone. But I think we're seeing that the characters have longevity mm-hmm. and and they are they are our modern mythology. And I, I sound like I'm getting kind of misty eyed about this stuff. And it's <laughs> it's mostly I am in a way, but it's, it's mostly just my throat because of talking a lot <laughs> and, and allergies and stuff. But I, I do feel kind of emotionally about this stuff. But um, intellectual property issues aside because these characters are owned by companies that aside i really do believe that there is a strong likelihood that a hundred years from now 200 years from now the same way we talk about greek and norse mythology characters Mm -hmm. the same way that we talk about Shakespearean characters, Mm -hmm. the same way we talk about something like Sherlock Holmes. I think superheroes and things like Star Trek, I think those characters have that kind of staying power. Yeah, because they they could be relevant for almost any time. And but I mean, they're just universal kind of. Exactly. Yeah. Amen, sister. That's awesome. Yeah. I hope so. I hope I'm like 90 and watching that would the be new so Iron amazing. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Now, constant reboots is another issue for another day. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think at some point, everybody Or like Iron just... Man 25. If it's the same, like maybe like Tony Stark gets really old and... <laughs> no, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. No, 
it's definitely i mean i totally agree but i'm i'm, I'm i agree but i don't necessarily know you know i i definitely don't know what you're saying about the um the feelings that you have for it because you've been into it for such a long time. But I, I think the stories are fantastic and everyone should like them and could like them if they went to see them. Yep. Cause there's no reason to be bullied about liking Iron Man. Right. He kicks butt. Yeah. Simply put big time. And he'll kick your butt if you're bullying him. Uh, speaking of that, the kid with the, Oh my God, that was so funny. The kid, um, when he has the like, he's like, remember what I told you about bullies? And he's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, and gets that guy in the face. Yeah, that, was, that was great. Yeah, that kid, that kid relationship was well done. Did you like it? Yeah, my dad said he hated it. Really? Yeah, my dad was like, I hated that kid. He was annoying. Oh, that was one of the few instances where like I liked him. The kid relationship works. It did work in a movie. It wasn't like it wasn't like an irritating little child. Like, why are you here? Right. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it was cool. All right, so I guess we got to wrap, yeah, we it, up. wrap it up. We're an hour and a half plus. So next week is book club. Yes, we... I've already read like maybe half of it. Yeah, so Marvels, mm-hmm. the graphic novel, Kurt Busick, and art by Alex Ross. It's awesome. The artwork is amazing, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we will talk about that next week on the show. In the meantime, tweet us at Nerd Novice. Subscribe on iTunes. Give us reviews. Give us feedback. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah. You guys are all awesome. And we'll catch you next week. Peace out.